Wow, what a crazy few weeks. You started off your investment journey with a quick chirp session from your dad, and now you started thinking of ways to make your money work for you. Who would have thought that a snide comment at dinner would translate to you getting on top of your financial future? A few weeks ago, you figured out your risk tolerance and what you can put away. You then moved on to figuring out what accounts would work best for you. And today, you decided it's time to look into the different types of investments out there. You find a link on your bank's website boasting a great return on term deposits. And while you know what both words mean individually, you have no idea what they mean together. This brings you to your question for today. What's a term deposit? And is it right for me? Welcome, everyone, to our fifth investments episode. This is your host, Gaetano, and with me is my co-host, Joey, better known as Joe Tax. And today, we'll begin our coverage of the different types of investments out there to help give you an idea of what is available, how they work, and some other factors to consider when evaluating whether the investment fits into your investment plan. So if you haven't made an investment plan yet, or you're still trying to figure out what you want to do for investing, no worries. We've got a couple episodes that you can check out that should end up helping you out along the way. Now, looking at today's episode and today's topic being GICs, I know I've seen this with a lot of clients who are usually older individuals trying to hold on to money for retirement or for, you know, some future purchase. But when it comes to GICs, what are they and why would it be good to use to keep that bag secure? So a GIC is a guaranteed investment certificate. It's a financial investment sold or made available by the financial institutions here in Canada. It is essentially, if not exactly the same as a term deposit, which is when you deposit cash into an account for a specified period of time. Now, this investment is also available in other countries. I believe south of the border, they call it uh, straight up term deposits, but the name of it will vary depending on where you are in the world. So Joey and I are going to be saying GIC and term deposit interchangeably. So now this episode will be broken down as follows. We're going to discuss why one would even want to use a GIC, what the pros and cons of a GIC are, the types of GICs that are available, and who would benefit from using one. All right, so based on your opening lines, I'd essentially be loaning the bank a deposit with the understanding that I would get my investment back with a few extra bucks? Exactly. So why would I put my money into a GIC? If I put my money into a savings account, my money is just going to grow anyways, so where's the benefit to locking it away for an extended period? Joe's got a very good question, and it's the one that I myself asked when I first did mine years ago. Why would I put money into a GIC? Like I have bank accounts, savings accounts. Why not just use those? The reason is GICs offer you a higher interest rate than any other bank or savings account available. The reason for that is because you are putting money into an account and then not being able to touch it. You are essentially locking it away for a period of time. And the bank is compensating you with a higher interest rate for you doing that. So a regular bank account, I can go to an ATM, take cash out. I can use my debit card when I'm at Starbucks buying a coffee. Or I guess not now, but maybe making an order online. But with a term deposit or a GIC, you put money in an account, you can't touch it until so many months or years later. All right. That makes a lot more sense. So when we're looking at these specifically, what are the pros and cons of these guaranteed deposits? So one pro is, as the name says, it is a guaranteed investment certificate. It means that you are guaranteed to get your initial deposit back. Now, the reason that it's such a low risk investment, especially here in Canada, is because in Canada, we are protected by the Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation. This is a crown corporation 
that protects Canadians up to $100,000 worth of deposits with certain financial institutions that that corporation has recognized. So for example, the big banks in Canada, they are all, to my knowledge, members of the listing. So if you had a deposit with the bank, up to $100,000 worth is covered in the event that bank goes under. So another thing that Gaetano touched on before is the aspect of guaranteed growth. So as long as you don't cancel or sell the term deposit before it matures, being the date that you ended up agreeing on with your bank or financial institution, you're guaranteed to earn interest income at the interest rate you accepted for that deposit amount. So you already secured that bag. This is just making sure that you end up keeping that bag along the way. Another big pro is that once you've accepted a GIC with uh, the financial institution, the agreement is set in place. The amount of return you're going to get or at the end of the day or the interest on it, it's not going to change. There's no fluctuation there because you've agreed to it at the point of the deposit. So this is really good compared to maybe stocks or other investments that fluctuate day to day. I think we all remember GameStop. That thing was all over the place. So your GIC won't be like that. And the last pro to point out would be that term deposits are often eligible to put into most types of investment accounts. So here in Canada, we have things like the tax-free savings account, registered retirement savings plans, and then also regular cash accounts. These GICs can be held in any number of those accounts. Unfortunately, though, there are a few cons. The first one and the biggest one being the rate of return on these term deposits are among the lowest returns possible. And it has to do with that risk reward ratio that we've talked about earlier in episodes. Because you're guaranteed to get your deposit back, i.e. your investment, there's really no risk being borne by you. So for that reason, you should not be compensated for bearing no risk. And that's why interest rates on these GICs are so low. The other con is that term deposits can't be touched for the duration of the term you agree upon with your financial institution. So if you decided to end up going into an agreement for a GIC that's a two-year GIC, unfortunately, you can't touch that money again until those two years lapse, and you can end up getting your interest and your deposit back at that point in time. If you do try and break that agreement, the institution might give you an exception sometimes, but it often comes with either a penalty or a withdrawal fee, or they will forfeit any interest income you would have made during that time you had the GIC. So at the end of the day, you, you still are in a worse position than you were when you started. So after looking at the pros and cons, Gaetano, what kind of term deposits are there? So there's three main headings or types. The first one is called a cashable term deposit. The second one is called a non-redeemable term deposit. And the third one is called market-linked term deposits. So when we're looking at the first one being the cashable term deposits, this is where you have the option to withdraw your funds after a certain point in time. So this can be after a number of days, a number of months, a number of years. So this gives you a fixed rate of return that's often lower than the other investment options, but gives you full flexibility and liquidity in case you need sudden access to the funds. So say you locked in for a two-year term, but after six months, you need that money back. A cash flow term deposit would have a little clause within it that after six months, you could end up taking that money out. Now, the next one that we're looking at is the non-redeemable term deposits. This is where your investment is locked in for the entire duration of the term. And unfortunately, you just can't touch it for that whole period. So again, when we're looking at that two-year period, if you locked in for that term, unfortunately, there's no chance to touch that money until you hit that two-year mark. Again, the one exception might be if they allow you to cancel it, but it often comes with an early withdrawal fee or you have to forfeit your investment returns. 
The third type is called a market-linked term deposit. Now, this is very different compared to the other two because the return you make on this deposit is actually based on the performance of the markets versus a fixed interest rate that really isn't dependent on anything other than the bank telling you that's what they're going to pay you. So this means that if the markets, so in Canada, the stock market here in Canada does well over the period of time that you have this GIC, then you will have a higher amount of interest given back to you. But the opposite also holds true. If the markets do poorly from the time you go into that GIC and the time it matures, you'll face with either having no return or maybe a very small minimal amount. But no matter what, you'll get your initial deposit back, but sometimes that might be it. So there are two types of market-linked term deposits. They're essentially subheadings. The first type is equity-powered, which means your return is based on the performance of a selected group of stocks. And the second type is called index-powered, which means your return is based on the performance of an index, such as a stock index or a bond index. So when you use the term index, what exactly does that mean? Because I have no idea what index is. So an index is a method to track the performance of a group of investments in a standardized way. Very technical definition. A better way of describing it is to just use an example. The S&P 500, that is probably the most well-known stock index in the world. Right? It's out of the U.S. What it does is it reflects the largest 500 companies in the US, the largest 500 public companies. So this index gathers all the information of the 500 largest companies and provides you with essentially like an average of the performance of all of them on a day-to-day basis. This is an index, whereas equity powered, it might tell you that we're going to pick maybe the 10 largest companies on the S&P 500 and how those 10 companies perform will be the return you get. The 10 companies is equity powered. The S&P 500 is index powered. So if we're looking at equity versus index powered, something like equity might be based off of just like a certain service line. So like banks, financial institutions, let's say automotive industry, something like that. Whereas index powered would end up being based off of just the top 500 performing companies. It really comes down to what the bank offers you, Joey. So I've seen in Canada, some of the banks offer an equity-powered GIC that is based on the performance of the five largest Canadian banks. I've also seen them offer you an index-powered GIC that's based on the overall performance of the Canadian Stock Exchange or the TSX. So it really just comes down to what they're offering. And all you have to do is ask what it's based on, and they'll give you a listing, be it of the stocks or of the indice and its information. All right, that makes sense. So when we're looking at term deposits or GICs as a whole, like when would they end up being a good use of my money? So GICs, term deposits, again, they're interchangeable terms. They're most recommended when you need preservation of capital. Other words, you know, plain English, you can't afford to lose your investment. You're going to have a lower return, but sometimes having the cash on hand is much more important. So if I'm looking at myself specifically, I ended up having an old beater of a car. I was driving a 2004 Honda Accord and I knew it was on its last wheels probably weekly. The last time that I took it into the garage for an oil change, it was a bill of about 1500 bucks. The time before that was probably about $1,000. So I knew like it was on its last life. Now I ended up making money and I didn't really look into any investment options, but I knew I was probably going to have to replace the car in the next six months or so, which I ended up having to do last year. 
So in that case there, I ended up having money that I ended up making, but I kept it in my checking account because I just didn't really know what else to do with it. I just need to have it on hand once I had to go to a dealership and say, hey, I got to replace this thing outside. What you got for me? So one thing that I could have looked at was a three month or a six month GIC, just so I know that money is going to be there when I eventually have to go and buy a new car but I'm not going to be losing out on the money that's in my checking account. If anything, I might have a couple extra bucks sitting in my account by the end of the day. Exactly. Having cash in an account that you know is going to be sitting there for a bit of time, might as well put in a GIC because you can get a slightly higher interest rate than you would in an everyday savings account. But again, that's only if you know you're not going to need it or have to touch it. Other examples that you'll see GICs commonly used for include weddings, vacations, maybe tuition or home down payments. Essentially, a lot of the purchases that happen in a short time horizon. So another option for GICs that I usually see in practice is that a lot of our individuals who are close to retiring or have retired already, they want to make sure that they end up securing the money that they have on hand already. So they'll end up investing in GICs to make sure that you know, $10 today is going to be $10 tomorrow and maybe a little bit more even. At their age, especially in retirement, they're not going to be having more income over their life from actively working. So what they have, they need to preserve. They, they may not want to lose it, especially in the later years of life when they might need for health care or retirement uh, homes. So at the end of the day, there's a lot of uses for GICs and term deposits. It just comes down to how it fits into your investment plan. Are you looking maybe as a young adult like us, do you have a big purchase coming up that you need to keep that money set aside for? So Gaetano, I know you're a little more versed in your investment journey. Like, Have you used GICs at any point in time? So I personally have. I did it all throughout elementary school and high school when I was saving up for university. All the money I got from work, uh, side jobs, gifts from relatives, everything I took, I would put into GICs. And because I had a longer time horizon and I understood my risk tolerance, I went the market-based GICs because they offered the greatest potential return while also giving me security. Like I'm still going to have the money I put in there so that my beer fridge isn't going to be empty down the road. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, fortunately, we had a 10-year bull run. So I maxed out all those GICs and you know, I had some nice beers in the fridge every Friday night. I didn't have, at least for me, I was able to sleep at night and not have any of that fear of investment losses. Now that we've done a little bit of learning about what a GSE is and what exactly you would end up using it for, I think we're ready for a couple key takeaways. The first one is the GICs are seen as one of the safest, if not the safest investment options where you're guaranteed to receive back your deposit and end up making a little bit of money on top of that too. So in the case that you ended up having the thousand dollars that goes in, it should be a thousand dollars today and a thousand dollars at the end of your term as well. A GIC is our idea for when you need to preserve your capital, i.e. you really can't afford to lose that money because if you don't have it, you won't be able to make the purchase or the payment that you had to and were planning to make down the road. The third key takeaway to look at is that there would be very low rates of return because you're not bearing much risk with a GIC and they're difficult to keep up with inflation at times just as a result of them not having much of an interest rate that would accrue on it. The last key takeaway is that as a result of there being a variety of deposits available, such as the cash term deposits, the non-redeemable term deposits, and the market-linked term deposits, you do have some flexibility or some options in finding a GIC that fits your risk tolerance. The investment overall is already at a low risk tolerance, but you do have the potential to make 
more in some investments, such as the market-based one, than you would with just a cash term deposit. Thanks so much for listening today. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to two random schmucks on the internet. If you liked what you heard, make sure to click the follow button here on Spotify to know when our new content drops. Give us a follow on the gram and check out our email address in the description above if you have suggestions for future content. If you're ready to take the dive into getting fit educated with your finances, we're here to help you through your journey. We hope you stay positive, test negative, and have yourself a great day.